Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, the managing editor at AniFem. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Josie Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Josie Next Door. And I am joined today by fellow AniFem staffers, Peter and Chiaki. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm an associate producer at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. And hi, I'm Chiaki. Um, I'm with uh, Anime Feminist, and my day job is covering parking space drama, community activism, and U.S. wartime atrocities at a uh, Asian American newspaper in San Francisco. You can find me at Chiaki747. It's a pre- permanently locked account, but yeah, I welcome new for- followers. Your job sounds riveting when you explain it like that. <laughs> um, I'm like, let's just do a podcast on that. Screw, screw the anime season. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, but this is an anime podcast, so today we will be uh, talking about the spring uh, 2019 season. It is our mid-season check-in, where we pop in on all the shows we reviewed during premiere week, and then most of the ones we reviewed during three-episode write-ups, and see how they are doing. Um, as is kind of tradition here, we will start from the bottom of our premiere uh, digest. I lost the word for a second there. And we'll work our way up. Uh, so we'll start with like the red flags and then we'll move into the, the stuff that we thought maybe had feminist potential. But, you know, first episodes, you never know. Um, and this one's a little unusual because usually Peter's the only person watching the red flags because I think he is contractually obligated to do so for his job. Um, but this time, Chiaki, you're also watching a fair number of them. So I will give you two the opportunity if you want to talk about any of these shows and what they're doing and if it's different, if there's anything our, our you know, listeners should know about um, going into uh, Boca Ben or You Know or Wise Man's Grandchild, which I know all three of you are watching. Yeah, I'm kind of a magnet to trash, more so than Vry, and I actually unironically like things sometimes, so... Hey, that is a hundred percent okay. Like no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no shade, no shade. Enjoy what enjoy what you what you enjoy. That is fine. Take um, that over irony poisoned for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that means we have to talk about Bokuben, huh? It yeah. probably wouldn't be a bad idea just because I think it was a pretty high profile show this season. My timeline's not really talking about it, but my timeline is weird. So yeah. <laughs> I it's love my timeline. Jump, so, but yeah, I know it's a jump title, so I'm sure it's I'm sure it's got a got a good following. Um, how is it? The first episode seemed promising, and then I know by episode two, not so much, um, but you're both keeping up with it, so. I believed in it. I really believed in it. <laughs> it was, I was a fool to believe in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just co- probably completely fallen into sort of the stereotypical um, harem beats, I guess. You know, they're starting to get into, oh, maybe they should actually date kind of um, stuff, um, getting into like the seventh episode. Yeah, I feel conflicted because it's basically quintessential quintuplets, except I think the jokes are actually funny. Um, but uh, yeah, all of it, a lot of its beats are just like, yeah, the usual harem stuff, which means most of the jokes are kind of like sexual assault related. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of tripping and falling on people and stuff. Uh, Accidentally being yeah. locked in the women's um, bathroom. Oh yeah, that one, know. that was great. Um, yeah. also, I like I, I like the sports girl. I can't remember what her name is. Oh um, yeah, yeah. No, she's. I mean, she's fun. Like all the characters are fun. Yeah. Uh, just individual. She's definitely best girl. Uh, I like I like Udon girl. Okay, that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but no shipping war. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, basically, it's about as about as bad as you might expect it to be with these types of things. It's very kind of like if you watch new sequoia you definitely know what's going to happen mm-hmm. but if you like new sequoia you'll like this yeah and you know they just got into also talking with the uh teacher that uh older lady who is clearly not supposed to be dating or inviting any boys over to her apartment even for tutoring purposes but hey that happened oh god there's teachers there's teacher student stuff too uh, I yeah, mean, I, I actually, uh... <laughs> I hate it because the, the plot line is kind of like, uh, the two girls, one's a genius at math and one's a genius at like, uh, like writing, I guess, uh, liberal arts, liberal that arts, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and they, they each want to get into the other's like kind of school. Math girl wants to do liberal arts, liberal arts girl wants to do math. And the teacher tried to like coach them into being good at the other thing but they weren't very good at and kind of gave up and said you should just stick with what you're good at anyway so i think it kind of had a good idea in regards to um kind of 
like kind of what you're good at doesn't always line up with what your passion is or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And kind of like respecting what people want to do rather than trying to drive them toward uh, something because they show talent at it. Um, but then that kind of gets steamrolled by the fact that like she becomes attracted to the main character because he believes in the other girls where she, I guess, failed them or something. And also her own repent, uh, uh, pent up frustrations with uh, chasing her own dreams. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got the same issue, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, she didn't want to be, I guess, a student counselor teacher, but that's where she ended up because she was good at it. But I guess not because she failed the girls where he didn't because main character's pretty much good at everything. That's not a, that's not a bad undercurrent. I will give it that. Um, that sounds that sounds worthwhile. So, But is it one of those where, based on our three-episode review, like if people thought that sounded worthwhile, then stick with it. Otherwise, probably nothing to really drop folks in. Uh, yeah, I think by three episodes, you pretty much got a good taste of what the series is going to be like. Yeah, I'd say even on the second. Yeah. Was that the one where he, uh, they had the pool slip? Yep. Yeah, yep. the second. Yeah, second one. <laughs> Showed his true colors. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's a good update. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. anything else on those, uh, on those lower level? I mean, I call them lower level. They're just they're just red flags as far as, like, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a good time with them. Kind of curious as wh- how Wiseman's grandchild was going, because the first episode seemed okay. Uh, it hasn't. It's not a harem, which is very interesting. There's, like, he's got his club, which has a lot of girls who want to learn magic from him because he's a super genius, but only one of them is romantically attracted to him. The same one who he's romantically attracted to. They're a couple... Uh, kind of. They, they yeah. haven't gotten together because they're both super awkward, but everybody knows and they make fun of them constantly, mm-hmm. uh, which I really appreciate. Uh, I think that's probably the series' like most glowing feature is that uh, there's a main ship. The other characters all see the ship, uh, even if the, the two who are involved in it are too awkward to realize the other one likes them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like every girl is trying to roll over the main character. But... As much as I enjoy that, I feel the biggest problem with the show is that um, if you've ever seen Hey Arnold before and remember that episode with Get the Ball to Tucker. (laughs) I I can't wait to hear the rest of this, all right? (laughs) Go on. It's the Get the Ball to Tucker show because it's constantly Shin being so overpowered that there's really no point in anyone else being in the story. Yeah, it might be the most egregious, like, main character's good at everything isekai they try to lampshade it by, you know, just saying, oh, well, you're just incredibly talented beyond our imagination. But I'm like, I want to see the other characters kind of get developed. And they just don't. Yeah, true. I mean, it doesn't really have a lot of fights. It's just a lot of, like, school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time there is a fight, he just instantly destroys it, even the main villain of the series. If you don't care about the fights, though, uh, it could be a cute, like, magical school series. And I don't really think it's done, has it hasn't done any bad stuff. I know he meets the main girls when they're being accosted in an alleyway, but I don't really think it, like, has had a whole lot of fan service, unless I'm misremembering. No fan service. Um, the noble boy was a little bit of a creep, but... The one who was uh, transparently a villain? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was... He was definitely a creep. Yeah, the whole subplot with him was he was like he made he forced the girl into an arranged marriage and was treating her like his property. Um, and then the villain brought out the like pre existing evil within him, so he turned into a demon and the main character had to kill him. Uh, so at least like the character who was acting that way was treated as a villain, even outside of him eventually turning into a demon. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like the little bit I remember of Sword Art Online before I got kind of bored with it and dropped it, um, where you've got a hyper-powered main boy saving girls from bad people. Which, you know, I mean, props for recognizing what counts as, as bad behavior, I guess, but... Uh, hey, no, later on, Asuna says, that's not good, we have to save each other. And then they both fight the bad guy. That's that is what, excellent. That, that's and why I'm, Sword Art was good. I'm glad it, I'm glad it goes there. Um, again, yeah. I got bored at, like, episode 10 because I got tired of the the damsel show um just don't watch the second core <laughs> it didn't happen sorry. it doesn't exist <laughs> sorry that was a digression uh, yeah. for sure um but yeah just kind of the way you're describing it reminds me of that where it's that sense of like well i mean i'm glad the writer understands that these are these are bad things but at the same time like you are sort of mining them for uh drama and to like make show off the main character so yeah 
we should also probably talk about Yuno as well. Yes. Because um, I think in the three-episode checklist, it was kind of like it re- was revealed that the main character was pretty shitty toward women, but it's done some stuff since then. We uh, didn't actually touch like... on that one in the three-episode, so this is the first oh. time since the premiere, uh, where Caitlin basically said, this could be interesting, but I hate the protagonist so much, I have no desire to keep going. Okay, well, yeah, basically, on, on the first episode, where I think he was asking his teacher to, like, see her panties or something like that, so that's pretty much colors the way he... But at the same time, he's he's supposed to actually be a nice boy who cares about women, and uh, he gets this... The whole plot is centered around this time travel power that he gets to mainly save all of the girls in his life who are in various parts of trouble surrounding this, like, big uh, archaeological dig that's unearthing artifacts that's killing people or something like that. It's... Uh, it's elaborate. I don't know how the, it is. It series. It has to be longer than twelve episodes. It's. I believe it's the second core coming in for the next okay, okay. season. Yeah. Yeah. So much stuff is happening with this. I can't imagine them wrapping it up already. But uh, yeah. Uh, like the the second big kind of, or I guess it was kind of the first big narrative arc was him trying to save his. I don't even know what their relationship is. Is she like his stepmother, stepmother. or something? Yeah. Oh, stepmother. Yeah. She commits suicide. And he's trying to save her, and he has to time travel back like 30 times because he, he's like not getting to the crux of why she's committing suicide. So each time it shows a, a, her committing suicide in a different way uh, with very graphic scenes, uh, wow. kind of a lingering camera on, like, I don't know. Like he comes in and she's got a plastic bag over her head, and like you see like the bloody like uh, scratches she made in the floor where she was suffocating cool. to death, that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, really leering cameras over, like, all these different exotic methods of suicide. Uh, so that's definitely uh, a trigger warning that should probably be attached to the show. And also, like, I don't, I felt like it was really egregious and they didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then he meets that reporter lady who, she wanted to have sex with him because she thought he was a virgin, right? I guess he is, but he said he wasn't. Um you know, and you know, in the actual a, game, he would probably be actually be doing that. By my, I mean, guess. it's definitely. You mean it's an option to accept the proposal because it was based on a VN. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Exa- yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly oh, for sure. because I mean, this was a game that was initially released like back '96 or so for PC yeah, yeah. '98. Yeah, you definitely feel the the era that it's in, and the fact that it was based on a visual novel where you could probably uh, have relations with every single female character, of which there are many. Uh, so it's got like uh, predatory female adults, uh, yeah, some really graphic portrayals of suicide, uh, lots of sexual assault. Yeah, the stepmother also gets sexually assaulted by some yakuza guys. So uh, yeah, coercive sex. I guess those red flags were a good call on our part. Yeah, and it starts exactly Ooh. at episode four, so that's the main issue. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was saying if we did a three-episode check-in, it definitely had not hit that. Yeah, which is why I'm glad we, you know, you keep checking in on shows, because sometimes they'll sort of stay the course, and other times, boy howdy, uh, yeah, things take a turn. Fall off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, sounds rough. Um, I'm kind of glad I did it. Wise Man's was the only one in that bottom half where I kind of considered it and then sort of moved away from it. And, um, at this point, I'm not... I'm not biting at the bit to go back to any of them so but thank you all for letting me know what's going on there and for letting our listeners know too um i'm the only one watching robihachi so i will make this very i'll try to make this quick um because i feel like this is one i could actually take some time untangling and i'm kind of sad Rai couldn't join us for this maybe someday we'll do like a four-person one just to cover more bases other than the podcast would be two hours which would be a mistake probably um i cut i I was enjoying it. The past episode and a half got kind of mean-spirited in a way I really did not care for. Um, the villain very clearly has a crush. I, sh- I should villain in like as many quote marks as possible because I like the I like the gay space mafia so much better than uh, the main protagonist. Uh, Robbie sucks, um, and Vry called that in the premiere review, and I was like, oh, Robbie's kind of a putz, but he's okay. No, Robbie sucks. Um, Vry had Vry had it right there. Um, the villain like very clearly has a crush on Robbie and at first it's played as honestly kind of cute and humanizing and then in the last episode it got it got kind of mean-spirited which bums me out because the director for this also did uh, Cute High Earth Defense Club Love and that show's actually like low-key 
pretty cool about the fact that all the boys have crushes on each other and it's okay. Um, it's about as like by the end credits of the, of the final, like OVA, uh, it's basically canon. Um, so I thought this one would maybe, would maybe do good by those plots. And I'm starting to feel like that is not the case. And it's just going to be like a punchline from here to the end of time, which sucks. And so I'm giving it one more episode and then I may end up dropping it because of that. Um, which is unfortunate because again, I really like the villains. They've got, they've got a very fun, uh, kind of, Team Rocket goofball vibe to them. Um, Yang is is again sort of a sweetheart in in the fact that he does have this big crush on uh, Robbie, and I actually really like Hachi. He just he just wants to like experience new things, and he loves food, and he's his like enthusiasm for everything they do is really fun. Um, and it it sucks that that Robbie is kind of bringing the show down by just being sort of a sort of a mean spirited chauvinist. So. Um, Again, I'm going to give it one more and see if it's going to take a turn that might uh, keep me going, but we'll we'll see. I'm, we'll see how it goes. So I'll be back in the season finale to regale you with how that turned out. Um, Chiaki, you were watching Namuwa Midabutsu, and I know you're kind of having a good time with this one. Yeah, I'm still because you were okay. Cool. Okay, no, it's 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 good. Um, I I just feel like it's kind of um, it still has that crisis identity because. It's trying to be sort of an action show, but also it's trying to be hot boys just having fun, and it still hasn't figured it out. Yeah, like you know the the boy the Buddhas go to the zoo and check out some elephants. Um, the, the the boys go to a retirement home and regale senior citizens, but also they're fighting crime. So like. It's... Does it is it is it entertaining? It's... Like it sounds very messy, but is it still kind of fun? Even it's though fun. it's like two shows jammed into one. Okay, yeah, it's still and you enjoy fun. both both shows, yes. even though they're kind of awkwardly smashed together. Yeah, nothing transphobic yet. Um, all the like except for like the core Buddhas, all the other giant cast of people that they introduced in the first episode, largely invisible. Okay, so um, is it kind of one of those where if you were into it after a couple episodes, then it'll just kind of continue to be the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's good to know. So I think we I think we had that in harmless fun. Yeah. Um. So you say it probably still still tracks in that category. I think so. Cool. Um. Is anybody watching Mix? I have uh, watched two episodes. I was considering watching more. I was surprised that I didn't dislike it. <laughs> Are you just not usually into baseball anime? Uh, I I hate baseball. Sorry, but uh, no, that's I okay. uh, this one I I feel like I'm probably going to end up not liking it. Right now, it's very slice of lifey, and I kind of like the character interactions. But I feel like it eventually it's going to get into the baseball, and that's where it's going to lose me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Adachi's manga typically use baseball almost like a backdrop to explore character relationships. Um, I really enjoyed Cross Game, so I came into Mix kind of kind of excited for it. Um, I have sort of dropped it as of episode three because I was getting some vibes, and it may just be that anime has ruined me. Um, I was getting some vibes that one of the stepbrothers has a crush on his stepsister, and I had no interest in watching that play out. Um, my roommate is continuing to watch the show. And I told him to let me know if it ever follows through on that or if I was just misreading the subtext of a couple of the scenes. Um, and he said he would keep me posted. So if it turns out that is not the case, I'll probably go back to it because, again, I really liked Adachi. I really liked Cross Game. I enjoy um, Adachi's like, slow-paced narrative style. Um, but I didn't want to get surprised by that going into it, so I decided to just take a step back for now. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it and I'll, uh, I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. That'd be great, yeah. too. I do like, uh, I really don't, I'm not too into most sports series, although there are a few exceptions. Usually the exceptions are, like, shows where, as you said, that sport's kind of a backdrop, and it's mostly about the characters, like, March or Days or something like that, and I'm definitely getting that vibe off of it, so I'd say it's good for, like, it, at least so far it's good if you like Slice of Life, as opposed to, like, you're really into sports anime. Yeah, and if, if you at, at home are watching this and you were enjoying it, please watch Cross Game. It's so good. Um, it's very slow paced, but it is so good. Um, and the, it, yeah, it builds on itself really well. So I would recommend that for sure. Um, next up on the list is Midnight Occult Civil Servants. Peter and Chiaki, you are both watching this one. 
I can't believe I'm not. Um, it seemed like my jam, but I just couldn't get into it. I think it's because Boongo Stray Dogs is also happening this season, and it is a um, better executed, um, similar, like, paranormal pretty boys doing stuff type show. Um, but how are you liking it? I don't. I feel like nothing's happening in the show most of the mm-hmm. time. It's, it just kind of feels like they kind of run into a supernatural thing, interact with it, and don't resolve it. Uh, so each plot line, none of them have like a resolution, and I'm not really getting what the series, what type of story it's trying to tell. It's just the characters running into different supernatural stuff. I guess with the last story arc, maybe they're getting into something with this guy who's been kidnapping women. Although that seems to be the thing that every single supernatural creature does, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time it's serious. Uh, so, I yeah, maybe the next arc will kind of show like some of the drama it wants to shoot. But it, it seems like it's trying to get into like supernatural drama, but the, the drama never arrives is my problem. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. And I mean, at least... Um... I feel like in the last two, three episodes or so, they finally kind of started honing in on the big buildup now. So I'm hoping that it, there's going to be some kind of payoff. Um, I, I am primarily watching it because I'm kind of happy for Wewe Koyotl, uh or Kohaku. The, I don't know. I don't know what to call them. Uh, call them um, like What was that? Jackal? Uh, or hyena what they say no coyote coyote the old coyote they go, i was gonna say don't they go by coyote yeah yeah um who is absolutely genderqueer and fabulous and i love them but i mean aside from my love of characters not so much the plot i guess yeah but i i thought uh coyote was gonna kind of be like a, a trickster thing but so far its tricks have been basically uh, it's always hurting a woman so that the main character has to do something mm-hmm. uh which is not so great like in the last episode i have I, I don't think i've watched the current episode is that today um but coyote got another another that's a weird thing to say uh to kidnap uh the main character's childhood friend and he's been like taking pieces off of women to make his ideal woman uh so those are the kinds of tricks coyote plays and it's kind of like oh well uh, I think you're fun, but also like you're super evil, and this isn't a very fun back and forth that you're having with the main character. That's true. That is very yeah. true. It's like you're tormenting him by hurting people, and I get that. Like, and others are supposed to like not think the way that humans do, but uh, we'll see how this story. If this story arc doesn't result, like, kind of do something that I think is interesting or cool, I might uh, tap out. How about you, Shiaki? Are you are you in it? Are you in it t- till the end? Uh, I mean. It's this is this is the one show that I was contemplating dropping. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not married to it. Glowing recommendations all around. <laughs> um, we're we're clearly having a great time this season. I think we're eventually going to get to the glowing recommendations, possibly by the next show on this list. Um, but oh, so yeah. far, it's been it's been a little lukewarm. Um, but the next one up is Hitori Bochi. Gosh, I really wish they'd come up with a different title for this, but it's Hitori Bochi no Maru Maru Seikatsu. Um, or just yeah, I think Hitori Bochi, Bochi would have been fine. Everyone calls it is just Hitori Bochi. Yeah, I just call it Bochi. Bochi. Yeah, Bochi. Yeah, it is so nice. It's such a nice, cute, fun little show. Um, and I have been I after the first episode, I liked it, but I didn't think it was gonna hold my attention for a full season. And it has continued to find all the entire cast is super fun. I love uh, Hitori's friends. Um, and I feel like it's continued to find ways to mine good stories and, like, humor and different little character arcs, um, out of a fairly simple premise, and it's definitely kept me around. And it's so, it's just such a nice comedy. It's constantly giving its, its anxiety, its anxious protagonist a hug, and I appreciate that about it. Um, I'm slightly concerned that they're gonna use Ninja Girl a bit too much, like, uh, that's I, I guess I'm just bringing up my like single small problem with the show. I don't know why. Sure. But, uh, no, that's fine. Yeah, like I, it's just like she's an American who came to Japan to because she likes ninjas or something. Which I mean, it's kind of a funny joke, but it doesn't seem like she has too much of a personality outside of that. And um, 
I think I'm pretty satisfied with, like, because there was an episode where it was just, like, them doing ninja stuff to appease her. And I was hoping that just wouldn't be, like, everybody kind of reacting to the goofy character who has these really strange demands on them. Um, but I think they started moving away from that again, so I'm feeling better about it. I was concerned for a, a hot minute. But, uh, yeah, I really like... Uh, I'm I'm give or take on the Ninja Girl. I think she's funny sometimes. But the other three are really, really good. Sure. Not a super fan of the... It, there's always, like, a teacher who just can't do their job in one of these series. Oh, and yeah. usually a way that kind of infantilizes them that I don't like. Uh, but, like, the main three of the cast are super funny, and they all have very kind of relatable problems and i like that it doesn't like it kind of puts them in a comedic light but it's not making fun of the characters ever mm-hmm. yeah there's there's nothing mean about it it's at the end of the day it in some ways it kind of reminds me of tanaka kun where it will sort of poke fun at people but then at the end of the day it, again it gives them kind of a hug and says it's okay you're all right yeah um, and i i appreciate that about it because i think it's important to be able to laugh at your own you know shortcomings and foibles and quirks and whatever else but at the same time like not necessarily think that's something you need to be ashamed of and i think mm-hmm. Tony bochi straddles that line very nicely yep yeah strong tanaka kun vibes in the series which is probably the highest endorsement i can give for any high uh, slice of life series yeah the fact that i just compared it to tanaka kun i was like "Ooh, is that am i overhyping it that might be overhyping it um, I, I agree but, apex but it, yeah. uh slice of life it has that same kind of vibe to it which i again i really appreciate that so okay my hope for the series is that i I don't feel like it it pats the teacher on the back the same way it does with the kids and i think that's my problem with that subplot Mm. so if it has the teacher get over her fear of one of her students i think uh like that'll really brighten my opinion toward that character and make the series pretty uh problem free in my eyes yeah I agree with that. And I think the show has done some pretty good things with the other characters in terms of nudging them towards, you know, growth. Because, you know, Hitori is getting a little bit better at communicating with other people, slowly but surely. And, um, you know, Nako's opening up a little bit. And Aru is a hot mess. But, you know, she's got people she can kind of be honest about that with. And I think that's kind of the main thing for her character is being able to be more honest with herself. Um, They're hinting that Sotoka's going to have an arc in the next couple episodes. So... I'm mm-hmm. hoping they'll they'll do more with her, and then that, like you said, like the teacher gets gets is able to kind of um, get over her her knee jerk fear of the fact that she thinks she's convinced Nako is a delinquent. So yeah, just give her the same treatment as the kids are getting, basically. Uh, so the next two on the list are Cinderella Nine and After Loss, which I do not believe any of us are watching. Correct. To be honest, uh, uh-huh. seeing After Lost is the first time I have heard about this. Anime. <laughs> <laughs> it. It dropped on Funimation. Um, uh, I believe everyone kind of simultaneously agreed it was bad. Like, pretty much anyone who reviewed it was like, woof. Um, and then it just, people, to, again, my, my timeline, I, I love them all so very much. They're not necessarily what the mainstream anime fans are watching. Um, so I don't know if this show is secretly super popular, um, but I don't think it is. Um, it was a very clumsy kind of sci-fi story. Decent, cool premise, very poorly executed. Also, I believe it's the one that Madhouse is having, like, production nightmares over. Oh, right no. Yeah. <laughs> Madhouse with production nightmares. is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which has been kind of a thing we're finding out about Madhouse recently, which sucks. Um, Did you call and it again, Madhouse? Don't quote me on that. I am not a Sakugo reporter or expert by any stretch. I could very much be wrong about the thing I just said. But... Mm. Um, I do know. I, I do know it was. It was a rough. I was surprised it was Madhouse based on how rough the production of the first episode was. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but skipping over those two, we jump into a show all three of us are watching, which is Sarazanmai. Hell yeah! Probably the most hype of again the 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 folks I the folks I track on the in the anti blogging sphere. I think we're all pretty hype on Sarazanmai. The anti Twitter core. Yeah, the Twitter core is just screaming about about the Kappas right now. I'm um, I'm honestly not sure how to broach this because this is my first Equini show, and I gosh, know it's so exciting. I'm really gosh, glad we trip. have you on here because yeah, because you're coming into this with because like I am so it's it's at this point because he is one of those directors who tends to kind of explore similar themes and ideas throughout all his works, which I don't think is super uncommon for. Um, like, I think a novelist would be a better comparison than, than necessarily an, uh, other anime directors because it tends to be more of a collaborative project uh, process. Um, but with Ikuhara, he tends to, like, have a vision and want it, and want it to be fulfilled. Um, 
And I think with like a novelist, you'll see similar ideas and themes explored over, you know, different books and things like that. And he kind of does the same thing. So it is impossible for me to not watch Sarazama and think, oh, well, this is kind of playing on this thing from Yurikuma or this thing from Penguin Drama or Utna. Um, so I think it's awesome that you're on this call and can kind of talk about Sarazama from a perspective that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily pulling from all these like past visual and imagery ideas and things. Are you liking it? Let's start yeah, there. No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll start by saying, yeah, I like it. Um, I feel like it's pulling from a very like it's it's pulling from an aesthetic uh-huh. just i can just feel it coming at me um i appreciate the investment it has on kappa and how much everything is about kappa um man i am like at a loss of words honestly because <laughs> this was the one show that i like could not really like wrap my head around as much i'm sorry and I and no, that is a hundred percent okay. Um, it's one of my favorite. Uh, and I can't remember who. I, I'll see if I can track it down. I can't remember who tweeted this, but they said uh, every Ikuhara show at the beginning. I don't understand what's happening. Every Ikuhara show at the end, while sobbing, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> um, it is there's, and I I think this is actually one of his more accessible. I think he does. Um, I think he's more clear on intent and um character arcs and everything like from the word go in this one um i mean the episode titles all kind of just straight up tell you what the theme of the episode is um i think we get the character backstories pretty quickly so we have an idea what their motivations are like pretty pretty much right up front like at this point at this point there's still a few mysteries to unravel as far as like the overarching like mythos of this world but um i think we have a very good grasp on like each of the boys and kind of what they're trying to do. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I struggled for a couple episodes and was a little bit bummed about that, but um, the most recent one, and I'm hesitant to like throw too many spoilers into the conversation, but the most recent one, like very much pulled me straight back in. Um, It is defiantly optimistic and I like that about it. Um, and also unapologetically weird and uh, super openly gay. And that's great because, you know, a lot of the time when we're talking about queer anime, we're talking about subtext and implied ideas. And in this one, it's like, no, no, this kid said I have a crush on him like three times in one episode and has romantic fantasies about him. And I appreciate that aspect of it as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and says living in the Matrix or something. <laughs> Poor kid. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't really know what... Uh, the anime's supposed to be about yet, uh, but it's definitely interesting, and I'm surprised at how much Ikahara is able to get away with, like, putting weed and guns and all the butt stuff in, in, in one anime. Nobody told him to stop, Peter. That was the interview from, that was the interview. He was like, I thought somebody would stop me, and nobody did, so I just kept doing it. I guess he's literally just gonna keep putting, like, stuff that's not normally allowed in until somebody actually says no, and then maybe he'll just do it anyway. Uh, that's, that's another thing that I, I think is wild about the series is just like, like, when's the last time you saw marijuana in an anime? I actually can't remember a single instance before now. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's cool because it normalizes it and Japan has really strict laws when it comes to marijuana. They kind of like, they treat it like a, we treat cocaine or something. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting that he's doing all that on top of like all this emotional and just way bizarre weird stuff he's doing. Super cool yeah. aesthetic. Um, I, I, I was kind of with you where I wasn't sure how I felt about the series until I got the episode that kind of locked me in, which was, uh, for me, it was a different episode. It was, uh, is, it, is his name Toei? Mm-hmm. The, the one with the ruler? Yeah, Toei. Toei? Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. The older, and the older brother who is, like, probably working with the Yakuza or some criminal organization, so. Yeah, that was brutal. I like how he has these super intense emotional scenes, like the, the scene where his brother was, like, being coerced. And I think he was being given a gun, too, with, like, kind of, like, the mm-hmm. the idea that he would have to use it. And in the background, there's that one guy who's just, a, I don't know, what he's dancing or something. I don't know how. Yeah. And it's a serious scene, and you're like, damn, this is serious. Also, it's really funny that that guy's dancing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how Ikahara does it. It's, yeah, he hasn't, he has always had, like, I mean, even back when you look at his episodes from Sailor Moon, he's always had a, a very goofy sense of humor, and um, Yurikuma didn't get to play in that space as much as his other shows, and I think in some ways, like, the tone of that one suffered for it, so 
I'm glad Sarazama can be more... And Yuriko eventually got there. Like, I think the last couple episodes are... Especially the last episode is, like, triumphant and optimistic, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but it's pretty bleak up until that point, and so I'm glad with Sarazama he was able to, to find a, a lighter tone to strike and a, a better balance there to still be able to explore these pretty serious character arcs and, you know, um, intense uh, moments in their lives while still having also, like, like you said, like, some goofball dancing in the background or in the most recent episode, Kedopi just, like, doing a pole dance for some reason. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like that that balance a lot. I think this is going to be one that's going to be really hard to talk about until it's all out, and then it will probably warrant a full hour-long retrospective rather than just, you know, a blurb on our podcast. A+. plus. I'll still not know what's going on at the end, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be sobbing. Glad you That's okay. I'll be sobbing. Um, it's it'll hopefully you'll like it enough that you'll want to watch it again because um, in the typically his shows reward reward second viewings where you go oh right this was mentioned and this this gets brought up again and I appreciate shows like that where you enjoy them the first time even if you're not a hundred percent sure on what's going on and then you watch them again and you go oh okay now I'm now I'm following some of these threads I didn't necessarily the first time so. Um, and obviously like you know folks at home if that's not your style of storytelling that's okay. Um, but I, I appreciate that, that level of kind of active viewing, uh, which again is why watching folks on Twitter talking about it has been really fun too. So, okay. Um, we chatted about that one for quite a bit and I had a feeling we would, uh, next on the list is Fruits Basket. Am I? No, Peter and Shaffi, you're both watching this one too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new Fruits Basket adaptation? Uh, I feel bad cause I don't get it and i know so many people who this series is like super important to like life-changing even um but like i don't know if we've gotten to the part that people connect with so deeply yet um but it just kind of seems very fluffy and like not too much is really happening i'll be i'll be honest to say that's kind of what brought me in in the first place when i was first watching this show yeah like the first the first episode just kind of like was like oh this is really cute and interesting and just kind of drew me in immediately so Mm -hmm. it's delivering on those feelings for me so i'm like perfectly fine so you enjoy Mm -hmm. that it at this point feels kind of like a light sort of semi-magical kind of rom-com type story yeah this Mm -hmm. is this is gosh this is very interesting to me I have, uh, full disclosure for the listeners, um, I have seen the original anime and I have read the original manga. This was at least 10 years ago, if not longer, for both of those things. So I have a vague idea of what's coming, but, like, my, my memory has not latched onto it. Um, I liked them. I did, they were not, it was not a life-changing series for me, like it was for a lot of people. And, again, that is okay. I think it's awesome. Like, Caitlin loves this series so much, and I think that's wonderful. Um... For me, it's definitely kind of a slow burn. The manga I enjoyed early on because it was kind of a silly comedy, and then and then it then it starts to kind of grab you with the drama. I think Peter, how did you feel about the episode where Toru goes back to her family and kind of has this moment where she? I think to me that that was the best episode. She goes back to her family and she has this kind of real realization moment where she's like, I have spent all my life thinking I shouldn't be selfish and I should you know do what what makes other people's lives easier, but this is what I want for myself. And she kind of has that revelation in, in the living room about how she wants to be with the Somas and she was happier there. And so she actually does fight for herself in that moment rather than um, just doing what she thinks will make the people around her happy. Uh, I've, I, that was like the moment where I'm like, oh, this is the, this is the stuff people are always talking about. Um, I was kind of like 50-50 on the moment. I like liked the sentiment and kind of how it came about and the things that were said, but it also kind of felt awkwardly paced to me and I was having trouble like getting into it because the just the scene that it was occurring in felt so weird to me um like there's like eight people in the room as two people are talking and like six people of them or six of these eight people are like uh just assholes I guess so I don't know I don't know whether they were just like quietly standing around while two other characters were having this heartfelt conversation it felt really weird to me like artificial I don't know. Yeah, the the production is in the production is kind of strange to me because there will be moments where I think it's like really beautifully done, and then other moments where it feels kind of awkward and stilted. And I think that sense you're talking about there is because of the, 
I think it has more to do with the composition of the room and the fact that you really notice that these other people are just standing there while, while they're kind of like having a, a lecture. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think if, yeah. And again, I think, I think a lot of that is just, um, the way a scene is framed. Um, and I've, I've certainly had some moments with the show where it felt a little flat or a little rushed in a way that I don't remember it feeling for the, um, the previous uh, versions of this story that I've seen. And again, I could be misremembering those. It's been years. Um, Overall, I'm pretty pleased with it. I also think it. I also think it has that problem that a lot of these uh, more recent adaptations of like classic or you know nearly classic series. So I don't know if a series that ended in 2006 is a classic or around 06. It was like 10 years ago. Um, I don't know how long ago a show had a series has to wrap up for it to be considered a classic. But clearly, like a very popular title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're seeing a similar, I think we're seeing some similar issues with this one that we saw with like Banana Fish, which is that like these stories were important at the time, but there are certain things we've moved forward on and they're not attempting to address that in the adaptation. Like the episode where they put Yuki in a dress and it's a lot, It's it was uncomfortable for me. I don't know how y'all felt about it. Uh, that didn't bother me as much. Uh, I think. Okay. I think um, Kagura was a little bit more concerning for me, as far as like. Also, Kagura. Yes. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, just you know, I, th- I feel the the show overall has shifted in tone a lot more to be mm-hmm. in line with um, today's sort of dramatic um, presentation that people mm-hmm. look for, uh, whereas I guess you know. I can't remember exactly the original, but it, it was a little bit more slapstick, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like that there was a tonal shift um, that the anime made without updating the plot itself. You know? Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, the, the comic slapstick really is very jarring in a way. I don't remember it being... And again, this could be... Part of it is that I don't think we see quite as much of that comic slapstick in a lot of um, modern series. Um, yeah, and then part of it is also it's just it is just a very tonally different from the rest of the show that feels a little bit more grounded. Um, but yeah, and I you know I kind of am bringing up the concerns just to kind of let folks know about them. Um, I I want to keep watching because again I do remember the manga being sort of a slow burn too, um, so I'm hoping that as we go, that they'll continue to kind of build and develop the characters. And I hope folks stick with it um, or try out the manga or something, because I do think overall it's a, it's a, it's a good story that has a lot of um, kind of important things to say, despite its flaws. Um, okay. That's but, actually reassuring yeah. to hear. But, but no, I, I can understand Peter why, why at this point you're kind of like, I don't really get where they're going with this um, because it is, it's just, is kind of a slower pace. It's what 20 some volumes of manga and, the first few really do kind of feel like a school comedy, and then it sort of, and then it really starts to build into a character drama. Um, and I think we're gonna, there'll be some growing pains while watching it as it shifts into that form. Um, and I'm hoping the animation staff can uh, slow down and, you know, really hit those beats. Because my memory of the manga is every volume would make me laugh out loud once and tear up once. So. Okay. Um, yeah, it's reassuring to hear that because I was I was like, is this like actually? I guess it's going to be a twenty four episode series then, huh? Oh, it's got to be. I think it's going to be longer okay. than that. I'm guessing fifty two. Um, or uh, yeah, the manga is twenty. The manga is twenty three volumes long. I knew it was somewhere in the twenties. Um, I and they haven't announced how many core, but they said they're adapting the whole thing. And they might be going through this early stuff a little quickly just because there's a previous adaptation that more or less covers it. Um, I'm not sure if that's like kind of like Brotherhood did with the with that first arc being very breakneck. Um, mm-hmm. And they may be doing something with this something similar with this one as well. I'm, I, I don't know for sure. Um, I don't have the manga volumes in front of me to know what the pacing looks like from that aspect. Um, yeah, I would guess it'll be between 39 and 52 to get the full story in. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. If they're if they're not into the stuff yet, then I'm enjoying the series well enough that I won't stop and I can wait for it. So yeah. Good. No, it'll it 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 will continue to build for sure. Um, and and you'll get to meet all the zodiac characters and they all have their own things going on and there's lots there's lots to do there. So, um, hopefully we'll be able to pop in at the end of this core and um, we'll see a little bit more of those those pieces kind of coming together. Yeah. Cool. Can't okay, wait. Awesome. Yeah. 
I'm again, I'm I'm tentatively hopeful to see how how it does, especially once it gets past the material that's already been adapted and like how it how it moves from there. Um, okay, so next on our list is Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the uh, Shonen Jump uh, historical fantasy series that we are also all watching. Look at us go. I think I got to start by just saying, like, goddamn, this anime has good production, and I like don't even. I I like the manga, but I like don't. I can't understand how why they why Kimetsu no Yaiba got this treatment compared to some other Shonen Jump titles. It's really uh, bizarre to me. Um, but uh, I guess there's I can't be angry about that either. It's really good. Um, I've got a couple. I've read ahead in the manga, so I've got a couple concerns regarding how certain characters are portrayed. Um, I don't know how far the anime is going to get, but there's a lot of... I have mixed feelings about Nezuko. I think she does a lot of cool stuff, but she never kind of gets this same character treatment that Tanjiro does, yeah, uh, which I think is already starting to show. I was yeah. going to say, too. Yeah, so, like, uh, she obviously overcame her desire to eat him, like, through her own compassion and, and love. Or whatever, but then the the weird hypnotism thing that their teacher did to her while she was asleep, I don't like because it kind of undermines any future action she takes as being the result of him tricking her into her thinking that the people they run into are their deceased family members, which sucks a lot. I'd rather just she continue to be a good person, which has already been established, uh, and make these sort of decisions on her own without being manipulated. Uh... She definitely does uh, a lot of stuff in fights, uh, and that's been pretty consistent so far. Every major fight, she has a contribution, or she ends up taking someone down on her own. But uh, she... And she develops new abilities, too. But it's like, Tanjiro always has these sort of training arcs that she just sleeps through, uh, rather than, like, it taking time to... I don't know. Like, training arcs are always sort of a character development thing, too. So it's just like she's just sitting around dormant while he's trying to become a stronger fighter. Um, yeah, so mixed feelings. Yeah, I, I was kind of going to say, like, this is basically stereotypical in terms of shonen series where it's like you, it's all on the main character and it's nothing else. It's all about his development. And no matter how interesting or how cool other people around him are, they just kind of do their thing it doesn't really matter unless it matters to the main character right mm-hmm. i mean I, I basically called um let's go tanjiro's pokemon at this point <laughs> no that's legit <laughs> well that's here's the thing though as of right now um the pokemon i have been watching a lot of pokemon recently as you guys may know um they get more character development than Nezuko has, so I've been thinking of her as his weapon. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like, I mean, he keep carries her in a box, it's basically a Pokeball, and he uh, releases her when it's time for her to fight an enemy. Or she kicks her way out of the box and nearly decapitates somebody. Yeah, no, sometimes she lets herself out of her Pokeball. Some of the Pokemon do that, too, like Wattpad yeah. and Oshawott. I think <laughs> there are some, like, fight moments where, like, they're both fighting a person and they, they both are like, I need to get stronger. And then they each develop a new technique at the same time. Mm-hmm. So she definitely kind of has moments within the context of fights where, I don't know, it's like her kind of rising to the occasion. Um, and I feel like her contributions to battle are like head and shoulders above uh, most shonen jump manga that aren't Black Clover. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just out of... It's weird, because it's, like, in fight she's doing a lot, but out of fight she's not. Where usually, like, My Hero Academia, it's, like, out of fights in, in the school setting is, like, where all the, the female cast is kind of, like, really awesome. But then once fight starts, they're just sidelined immediately. It's, it's like, the opposite. And it turns out the opposite also sucks. <laughs> I, I, would just like a, I would just like a nice, steady balance between them having character arcs and motivations and also being able to fight i don't i don't know why that's so hard or black heck, clover my dude or heck i mean take the gag out of her mouth like i would be so much yeah. happier if that happened mm-hmm. yeah i they kind of established she's not going to eat anybody so i don't know what the gag's for just besides the guy likes it as part of her character design i don't know yeah and i and again i think i could i wouldn't 
it's one of those things where either you t- either you take the gag out and she's able to talk, so at least then you're able to get a little bit of a character arc there, or you make her, you know, you can nonverbal characters can have rich, fully developed arcs, um, but like we really haven't gotten anything, we haven't gotten much of Nezuko, and like you, yeah, so she kind of just feels like a weapon at this point, which is a bummer because I really like her fight scenes. I get excited when she shows up and kicks ass. I just wish I had more to. Yeah. Yeah. Tanjiro's sister. You know. She's got some good ones coming too. Hmm. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And I feel like is the pacing since you've read the manga, is the pacing in the anime like super slow? Because it feels like this wants to be a really fun ensemble show. Like we keep getting introduced to these characters who feel like they're gonna join Tanjiro, but we're halfway through a season and they haven't. So it's surprising. Yeah, the manga's because like definitely quicker i I feel like they have not gone through too many chapters yet it it does become an ensemble i think after this arc where some of the characters he starts hanging out with okay because the orange haired boy seems fun and the butterfly girl is probably a badass i would assume unfortunately she's not ensemble though i don't think i have much else to add I'm, i'm i was really enjoying it i'm not so sure i am anymore just because i do kind of want it i like tanjiro but i'm not sure he's compelling enough to carry a show on his own and I'm struggling to stay invested when it's really just about him. Have you met the Boar guy yet? I don't think he's shown up. Well, I don't know I'm looking forward means. to okay. him. I'm okay, yeah, that you'll, sounds you'll, fun, probably, you'll probably like Boar guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely better as an ensemble, I feel. Mm-hmm. Because all the characters, they have trouble getting along since they all look at the world very differently. Uh, yeah, so, that sounds like yeah. it would be interesting. So, I think... Two or three more episodes, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up, um, I think, yeah, well, Lauren's watching it, but she's not on this podcast call, obviously. Um, the next one is Kono Oto Tomare, Sounds of Life. Um, I haven't watched the most recent one, which by the time this podcast goes up, I'll be a couple weeks late. Um, but I've, I caught the first six. Um, I like it. It is an extremely pleasant watch in terms of, like, nothing about it really makes me angry. Um, It has one sort of main female character who is very fun um, and butts heads with the the main guy. And they have have one of those combative relationships that actually feels like a relationship of equals because they both, like, snipe at each other in pretty fun ways. Um, It's... I hesitate to, to say it's, like, good because I think the structure of it and kind of the way it handles its, like, little dramatic character arcs is, is kind of clumsy. But it's uh, it's got a good heart, and the when they do play the Koto, it's it's really fun and cool, and I love listening to the, the music for it. Um, but it's, it's also very much a club show. Like, they had to defend their club against the evil vice principal who wanted to see them destroyed. And they all had to come together to do that. And now there's a mean girl who's trying to break up the band. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where that art goes because it could be real bad or it could, you know, be. Interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds really bad. <laughs> it's it could be. Um, again, I'm I'm I feel like she might have a legitimate reason, and they might get it worked out quickly enough that she just immediately becomes a member of the team, and they're all friends, and it's no big deal. Um, so we'll see. I'm a little concerned about that, but we'll see where they go with it. Um, again, so far it's been it's been a pretty. I don't think it has a mean bone in its body, this show. It uh, it wants to be about, like, kids who people sort of judge based on, like, preconceived notions about, like, you know, who they used to be or who their family is or something like that and um, kind of meeting them as individuals and then them sort of, you know, coming together as very different people to uh, perform these uh, these pretty Koto songs. So I'm going to keep watching that one. It's not one I'm, like, excited about every time a new episode airs, but I enjoy it, so... Um, I'll probably stick with that one. Um, I don't. I can't think of anything I really need to warn people about, so that's good. Um, and I guess I just get to monologue here at the end, so I probably should have been quieter earlier. Um, the top top last show on our list is Fairy Gone. Peter, you gave this a try. It looks like uh, I'm still watching it. I'm just oh, I just are. recently picked it up as part of my yeah oh, my okay. regular um, show. But, but you're not caught up on it. You've just seen a couple episodes. Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts so far? It is extremely serious, the Jaeger. 
Like, I feel like they just gender-swapped the main characters and mm-hmm. made them childhood friends instead of siblings. And I feel like that's an insult to Sirius the Jaeger, but we'll, uh, get, we'll get to that. Well, we had different um, opinions about Sirius the Jaeger, so... That is very know. true. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Sirius was a lot more fun. Uh, it was less serious. <laughs> uh, um, also, I just think Anna is an incredible director, and he... Yeah, Fairy Gone is... I'm still watching it. And I kind of like it, and I have no idea how to explain why. And I had the same problem at the three-episode review, where I was like, I think the show isn't very good, but for some reason I enjoy it. Um, the Every episode, they drop a bunch of exposition on us that I just have no interest in following, and it's very um, very dry in, its, in the way it's like executed. Um, sometimes the fight scenes look pretty cool, and sometimes they look really rough. Uh, but... At the same time, every episode there will be at least one scene where a capable lady does something awesome. And I want this show to be better than what is currently on the page because I think it has a good cast and a neat concept. And I just don't feel like it is executing on either of those fronts at all. Or very rarely. Like, again, we get maybe one scene in an episode where I'm like, okay, okay, here we are. I'm, I'm here for this. Um, there's some really good, like, Back, like character backstory and like emotional threads that they could be pulling on more and they're not and so it often feels kind of distant and cold in a way I think it, it needs to I think it shouldn't feel like that I don't think this is a series that can necessarily carry itself on like riveting lore and plot points um, I think it needs that emotional core and it is um, sort of losing the forest for the trees I guess yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I don't know if this has been corrected since, but I feel like uh, the story is basically about the main character trying to, like, get her friend back, right? But yeah. I, as far as I am in, I feel like I don't know her at all. And yeah. it's it just keeps telling me stuff about the world that I don't care about as opposed to the character who has very obvious drama and motivation right in front of me. And that feels really weird. Yeah, it's kind of trying to balance um, Marlia and Free's stories, too, because they both have these um, these war histories and these, like, estranged friends who are now, like, on the wrong side of the law or however. Um, oh, yeah, the, the dude is, like, the same story, too. <laughs> He's, like, Sirius the Jaeger a third time. It's all all these blondes turning evil and getting knives. I don't... It's, like, the PA works his thing. It's... They're, they're trying a new... They're trying a new genre here. Um... And pretty much any time it zeroes in on uh, Mar- Marlia and Ver, it's uh, pretty darn good. And um, the handful of times we get to see Marlia, like, hanging out with some of the other members of the, the team that she's on, um, it, it can be pretty fun. But, yeah, the, the lore and background and just that kind of sense of somebody on the staff going, this is a grim show, um, can makes a good portion of it kind of a slog and I find myself zoning out and yet coming back to the next episode, like, well, let's see what happens next. So, um, I don't know. This is not a, this is not a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing. I feel like it really wants to be grim, but I just do not feel that it is grim. Well, that was, I think the thing I, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly and it's, but it's very sincere about the fact and I, this is always really hard to talk about because I like, I like fantasy series that are kind of silly but treat their characters seriously. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons, and that's why I like Sirius the Jaeger, is I think Sirius the Jaeger had fun with its goofy fantasy elements and, like, let the vampires be kind of campy and, like, brought in a Frankenstein monster and they had a train fight. And it was, there were all these, like, kind of goofy, sort of fun, um, pulpy supernatural elements to it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it treated its characters like actual people who had, you know, problems and relationships and things they wanted to do. Um, and I think, and that was one of the reasons why it worked so well for me and why I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think this series is hitting that balance effectively. Um, I think it needs to be better with its, I think it needs to be stronger with its character arcs and, um, and lighten up just a smidge. Um, but that's, yeah, that's where I am. I think they have a very goofy style, and it's uh, you can feel it in this series. Like, they're trying to reject it, and it's not working out, uh, is how I feel. Yeah, the art style's different. It reminds me more of, like, a Witch Hunter Robin, um, or, like, an Ergo Proxy, kind of those shows from that, from that mid-to-mid-aughts period. Yeah, if only. Um, 
it's 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 trying to capture that kind of vibe, and I'm just not sure it's quite. It's just not succeeding. That's a good way um, of describing it. But I also had a kind of a tough time getting into those two shows I just named too. So there's that. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm going to keep watching it because there is something about it that I find appealing, um, and I'm not I'm still not sure what it is, but maybe by the end of the season I will be able to tell you. Tim. Um, okay. Cool. Okay. So okay, yeah, cool. So then we can chat about it. Um, all right, we are at the hour. So did y'all want to say anything real quickly about sequels or carryovers? We usually don't touch on those too much in the mid seasons, but if there's anything in particular you really wanted to bring up, now is your chance. Uh, I'll just mention a quick thing about Bakumatsu. It's totally different from the first uh, uh, first se- uh, season. Like they changed direction. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a lot more comedic uh, and more episodic, um, which means that they gave the precious ninjas a little bit more screen time. But that also mm-hmm. is possibly a drawback because they're just being precious and not actually doing anything. They're just, um, but it, it's really different from the first season. Yeah. Are you? Would you say it's kind of like? Are you enjoying the episodic structure, or is it kind of directionless now for you? Um, I feel it's a little directionless. I'm starting to kind of lose mm-hmm. interest in it. Uh, I feel I felt the first season, which had a very solid plot to it and a story behind everything and a reason why everyone was doing everything and more historical references, uh, was mm-hmm. a lot more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. second season's more fan servicey as far as like just everyone's having fun and jokes, jokes, jokes. That feels like the kind of thing you'd want to balance out, you know, like, we'll have some plot episodes, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll go back into the plot rather than split it up by season like that. Um, but I mean, they have a they bad. have a story, it's just they completely threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be goofy instead. Who, who needs stories? Pshaw. Uh, anything, anything else about anything else, gang? Watch Black Clover. Yeah, you have been over the course of the last few seasons. No, like, it seems like every time we come back in, you're like, okay, guys, so at first Black Clover was just okay, and now it's, like, legit. So you are, you're starting to make me think I actually need to check out Black Clover again. Because I didn't hate the first episode. It's just, I, I other than Screechy McScreech, maybe the you, dub would be better. I think you in particular would very much like it, D. Okay. You uh, did recommend yeah. Radiant, and that did end up being a good call. So it's, it's, it's like it's a million radiant. episodes. But maybe I'll put it on my queue. It is. See. 80 episodes 84 a million episodes. okay yeah. i guess compared to my i guess compared to my thousand episode pokemon watch uh that's nothing so. you can also read the manga for two dollars a month on the weekly shonen jump app i am if you want to do that thinking about it would you because I, I know the anime's done some different things in the manga would you recommend the anime over the manga or do you think they're just good in different ways um, I think that the anime is really good at hitting the comedic timings of uh-huh. the manga, and there are some uh, outstanding fights. Um, but other than that, I'd say either's good. Okay. Uh, I can tell you that since I was last on a podcast, I decided to catch up to the manga, and I did not sleep one night because I read all of it in a single sitting because it was so good. The art that's coming up just now to the present has just been constant, like slapstick, awesome happenings. And it's amazing. <laughs> okay. It's like I it's like legit one of my favorite weekly shonen jump manga now ever. Wow. So, and I know when it first yeah. came out everyone was pretty lukewarm about it, so it's cool to it's cool to hear that it's kind of grown grown into its its own. So people like to I, I know it's like they pick one thing they don't like and then they kinda like it was Asta Screaming or with Golden Camo it was this CG bear and they don't give the series <laughs> a chance. Yeah. But I gave it a chance. To be fair Asta Screaming was like nails on a chalkboard. I truthfully may try watching it dub just to see if the voice... I, it was the voice. It wasn't like just that he was a shouty character. It was specifically the actor. So My I promise to you, Dee... give the dub on that a try. Yeah? Is if you're 20 episodes in the series, you will find Asta's yelling endearing and one of the greatest <laughs> things about his character. I can just make it through 20 episodes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the after the first 40 hours, Final Fantasy Thirteen promise is good, but uh, it's legit a very (laughs) intentional thing that Yuki Tabata did, and it's kind of genius. Asta is a very archetypical shonen character, and it's really funny that he screams all the time now. I had a problem with it at first, too, but now I think it's awesome. All right. Well, 
I will, I will, again, I have, I have a heck of a queue, and I may have promised somebody that I would try Gintama after I finished Pokemon, but I will put Black Clover on my list, my increasingly long list. Gintama. Try to come back to it. That's Infinity Episodes, but okay. It's 200 and some, which, again, I'm watching a show that's over a thousand episodes long right now. Nothing seems, nothing seems impossible. (laughs) Yeah, nothing is impossible. Hey, do you want to watch, um, do you want to watch Case Closed with me? Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> that is a, yeah. That's another that's another uh, pretty intensive ask. But who knows, maybe someday. Um yeah, I think the only other thing I would say is uh, I love Bungo Stray Dogs and I still do. Um the Russian authors are coming and they're fighting and some days I feel like the show was made specifically for me because it's about literary figures fighting each other in supernatural battles and pretty boys having emotions and it's it is Beautiful. just it is the most excellent um, the op- the first opening thing was called, I think, Candy Trash, and I think that's not a bad way to describe it, and I mean that in nothing but, like, glowing, positive terms. Um, it is, it is, it's it's fun and interesting and frequently makes me have a feeling, and I enjoy it, so I'm glad it's back. And I'll maybe say something more substantial for the series retrospective, but at this point, I think that's all I want to say about that. Okay, uh, shall I play us out, Please, team? by all means. Okay. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. And if you really like what you'd heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to www.patreon.com backslash animefeminist and become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Your support really does go a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnimeFem, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And that's the show! Thanks for listening, Andy Fam, and we will catch you next time.